15 rather Acts 15 that song exemplify what I feel I need Jesus more I don't need less of him I need more of him I'm concerned when I can't feel him I feel like Moses I, I'm not going on this journey if you're not coming you're my covering chapter 15 and let have our brother from British Columbia God bless you straight from the workplace right to church that's alright I'm glad, you, glad you're here amen chapter 15 verse 8 and God which knoweth the hearts bear them witness giving them the Holy Ghost as he did unto us and put no difference between us and them being their hearts by faith bless your word Jesus bless the speaker of the word bless the hearer of thy word we want to leave here better than we came and better than we deserve in the name of Jesus, thank you for all that's done to date. Amen. You may be seated. My title is Sincerity on Trial. Your sincerity is on trial. It's on trial. Now, I've met people in my lifetime, and I, I make some terrible assumption that was not right. I assume life has always been harsh on them and evil to them and that they never had a lucky break like everybody else and that's the way they came out of the womb and that's how they're heading for the tomb but there's a lot of background information I did not know a lot of pictures I have not seen my assumption was wrong I remember one lady praying for the Holy Ghost and the tears were flowing like Niagara Falls River and if you were there you would think God why are you so mean can't you hear that person praying can't you give that person what they're asking for and the assumption was as if I knew more than God I was just looking at the tears and the hearing the clapping of the teeth and the mouth. But I was not seeing the heart. I was looking on only the outward display of human emotion. But God knows the difference between imitation and the genuine. God knows the real thing. And I've learned by experience when I see a crippled man, a blind person, or somebody in distress, not to jump to conclusion. Because even the man that Jesus Christ healed by the pool, he said, go and sin no more, lest a worse thing come upon thee. It would never have crossed my mind that this man was suffering 
the consequences of whatever was in his life. I would never have known that. But Jesus, who known the situation, not only healed him, but told him, don't you go back to that life that brought this on you. That's the worst thing. He said, come upon you. And so, I've learned by experience, do not interfere with people's prayer, their tears, or their emotion, because I don't know the true story. Two people want to tell me inside of the stories. And they'll tell me the part that makes them look good. And they will never give me all the details I can fill in for the other person. And I've always made the mistake of listening to one side. But I've learned in time. You only heard a part of the story. Amen. And when the other parties speak, you only heard a part of the story. But somewhere between the two, there's the truth. Somewhere between those two parties, there is the truth. Here is Peter and the church conference. A bunch of Jews came together to discuss the future of the Gentiles. Paul went out preaching and it upset a whole bunch of folks that Paul was preaching a message and the people were getting Pentecostal experience. But then Paul was telling them the accomplishment of Jesus and what it meant and what they didn't have to continue doing that the law required at the altar of animal sacrifice. There were Jews that were not pleased with what Paul was preaching and brought him before the church council. And they began to talk back and forth. But then Peter rose up and said, let me please have a hearing. I want to talk to you about a day when God placed my sincerity on trial. Let me give you my testimony. When you read Acts 15, you'll find that Peter gave his testimony and they all went quiet. And they all listened because everybody knows about Acts chapter 2. Now there was no Acts chapter 2 in those days. It was just a day of Pentecost. He said, you know, God make a choice between uh, all of us, 11, that I should be the one that speak on that day. Because God gave me the key to the kingdom. And I got up and I preached a tremendous sermons. And the master of 3,000 got saved immediately. When I preached that, he had baptized in Jesus' name. And, and I was herald band, the, the speaker of the day. I mean, I, I spoke and they just fell for it. And they got baptized in the name of Jesus. And I said, the promise is unto you and your children and to many and as many as are far off. Now, he was preaching something he one day got to face. Them that are far off. Not knowing that he's being anointed by the Holy Ghost. The words he spoke was not his. God made him an oracle of God. And he spoke has moved upon by the Spirit of God. And when he was through, the conversion took place. Now, we come to the book of Acts, chapter 10. You ain't go there with me. Now, you recall there's a place called Caesarea actually Caesarea is 36 miles they tell me 
by land apart from Joppa. Joppa is in Jerusalem. And there is where Peter hang around because it's by the seaside. He loves fishing. And Peter was having a psychological phenomenon called sleep. He was sleeping because his wife didn't have a microwave to hurry up and make all this for him. And so while he's waiting, he got hungry, so hungry, he gave up waiting on her cooking and fell asleep. And while he's sleeping, God took the opportunity to talk to him and gave him an experience he never forgot. He said it was a trance. It wasn't a trance, it was a vision. God let down a net from heaven, all kind of weird-looking animals and beasts, and command Peter to eat. Now, Peter's the guy who loves to tell God, not so, Lord. Not so, Lord. He's always telling God, not so, not so. You know? And, and the Lord all got to be with him. And he hasn't changed. He's the same guy. Telling God again, not so. I said, Peter, rise and eat from heaven. Rise and not so, Lord. You know I don't do those things. You've met me all these years, and I don't do this kind of stuff. And God says three times, Peter, rise and eat. <laughs> he says, no way. He says, God said, well, what I cleanse, Peter, you do not call common or unclean. Now, Peter's faith is on test. The sermon he preached is going to be tried. But while Peter, 36 miles away from his call, is having this trance, there's an Italian soldier. You know those guys that drove the nail in Jesus' body? You know those guys that whip him and give him 360 stripes on his back? You know those guys that put placing up on his head and mocked him and bowed their knee and says, Tell me who hit you. These are the same soldiers I'm talking about that is praying to Jesus. Can you imagine that? From mockery to worship. They start to worship Jesus. And this, this Italian soldier, very unlike Pilate on the rest, he's a Roman. And Roman soldiers are cruel, wicked men. But somehow this man is different. He loved the Jews, building them synagogues. And he's praying, and he's a kind-hearted individual, very loving, caring, lovey-dovey kind of person, wanting to give you everything he has. He just would like to share. That's where he was, and that's what his nature was. Contrary to being a soldier. He's got men under him. He's a centurion. That means over a thousand or hundreds or so men under his leadership. But he prayed to God always. Fasted always. And gave much of this guy is kind, he's benevolent, he's just a good, nice person, but he's not saved. Nice, kind, kind hearted, considerate, but not saved. And God knew that. And as you know, the grace of God has appeared to all men, not wishing that any man should perish. Well, that all men should come to the knowledge of the truth. And God did not want this nice, kind-hearted individual to go to hell. He wanted to give him at least a chance 
that needs to crack of what's real and what's true. And the Bible said, while he's praying, God appeared to him. And said, hey, I hear your prayer. You know, he's praying the ninth hour, the very hour when Jesus gave up the ghost. It's 3 p.m. He's praying. And the Lord says, Cornelius! <laughs> Cornelius! Thy alms you love to give. You just have a giving nature. And that nature has come before me and I am impressed by it. You have built in heaven a memorial. All the giving you've been given. I've been watching you giving stuff away. And now it's time for me to give you something. I want to give back to you for all that you've given, expecting nothing in return. I'm going to give you a chance of something you don't even know anything about. So your prayer and your alms have come up before me. He was afraid. Amazing. Praying to a God he's afraid of. Hello. Doesn't even know. Doesn't even know the God he's praying to. He said, what is it? What do you want? He said, look, I've heard your prayer. Now, Here's where Cornelius is going to be tested, how sincere he really is in his prayer and his giving. God said, now, send men to Joppa. Now, God could have told him himself how to be saved. That would create a problem. Because a lot of folks said, well, God told me so, God told me so. And if you're going to be saved, it's going to become a preacher preached to you. Because God chose by preaching to save them that believe. You're not going to go to heaven by yourself. You're going to come in this thing by a preaching. By the word preach. And if you mix that word with faith. Then you can get the promise of the father. He said look you need a preacher. To preach to you. What you're doing is not if enough to get you saved. But he got my attention. Now send men to Joppa. Now, God is giving him specific instruction. Send men to Joppa. God says, send your soldiers. You get authority and send them. And here's where you're going to send them geographically. A place called Joppa. And by the way, geographically, it is by the seaside. Now, friend, this is better than a GPS you can ever have. The best GPS you're going to have, my friend. You're being guided by the Spirit. And when you get there, don't go to the church of your choice. Don't pick any preacher. I got my own preacher. I've chosen him. And you hear what he has to say. His name is Peter. He's got the keys to the kingdom of God. And by the way, He's in the house of one Simon the Tanner. Don't mix up the Simon now. There are two Simons there. One is a Tanner, Tanner Hyde. <laughs> and one called Simon Peter. That's the one you want. Because I'm dealing with them down here right now. Because you're going to be expecting something to happen right now. Hallelujah. I'm telling them you're coming. And long before you plan to come to church today, God arranged this message just for you. 
Hallelujah. There's somebody here. God want to open your heart, open your eyes, open the scripture to you, and give you one crack of truth. And the Lord said, look, he will tell you words what you must do. Not maybe do. You need to listen to the preaching. If you're going to be saved, you've got to hear preaching. How can they call on him of whom they have not believed? How can they believe of him of whom they have not heard? How can they hear without a preacher? And how can he preach except he be graduate from Harvard? Except he be sent from God to you. You've got to get a revelation. Amen. Preaching is from God. And so, Cornelius, the, the man disappeared. And left himself. Cornelius, now you're on your own. Your sincerity is being tried and being tested. You're content the way you are, then don't obey nothing you've heard. After that, I'm not responsible for the rest of your life. I've given you an open door, an open opportunity to make the right decision today. It's up to you to act in what you hear. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. Not my opinion, the Word preached. The preaching of the cross. The preaching of Jesus. The preaching of the word. You're going to be tested if you're sincere. And so God disappeared and left him there. No use fasting and praying anymore. There's some thing you got to do. What do I have to do now? Hey, soldiers, come here. I was just praying a while ago. and You know what happened? An angel spoke to me. Really, that was Jesus. And said, I've heard your prayer. You know, I've seen your arms and da-da-da. Send him into Joppa. So he got three servants. And said, go down and go look for that guy. 36 miles apart. The sender and the receiver are separated. You're never so far that God can't reach you. You're never so located that God can't dig you out. Hallelujah. And you'll never be so hungry that God can't fill you up. I'm taking this service right now. Someone's sincerity is on trial. You can say, I'm sincere, my friend, and I can look at you and look pretty good to my naked eye, but only God knows your heart. God knows your thinking. God knows your mind. And he responds accordingly. Praise God. We can vote all we want for you, but that can't help you. God sees the heart. God knows what's in there. And so he sent those soldiers down there. Now he's working on a piece of Peter. Three times I showed you this thing. He said, Peter, there's some guy knocking at your door. It's amazing how oh, God can do a perfect intervention in your life. An intercept. Your door was not knocked by mistake. Whatever brought you this far was not an accident. It was divine directing. Somebody from heaven, fingers was moving around the chessboard and making sure, hallelujah, you get to see the king. 
Somebody told me about the joy I can have. But in sorrow, you can be glad. And I never thought it could be until it happened to me. Tonight could be you. Tonight it could be you. It happened to me. And so, and Peter opened the door. Now, folks, if you were Peter, an apostolic preacher, where everybody hates the message, I said, everybody hates it. You know why? The Jews don't like it because we preach Jesus. The pagans don't like it because we don't preach Caesar. Hello? And the imitrine, I don't know what, what they were, but they were just contrary. And Jesus' name message was being preached and taught everywhere. They fill Jerusalem with their doctrine. Amen. That means Joppa had it too. And here come now soldiers. The first thing come to Peter's mind was these soldiers come to arrest me. Because he's always being arrested being thrown to prison. <laughs> but not this time, Peter. Not this time. You, Peter, were hungry for food, but Cornelius was hungry for soul food. You both were hungry. And said, now, why do you call me? He said, look, come on, relax. You haven't committed no crime. But my master sent me down here. Now, the onus is not on Cornelius now. It's on Peter. Cornelius proved his sincerity. That he's hungry enough to obey God and go that mile to find what God wants to tell him. He got there and the man was going to tell him, said, what do you want? He said, well, God sent me here to talk to you. Tell you to come and see my master. So, okay, stay here and sleep here tonight. But you know, normally this doesn't happen. Amen. Look, friend, it's not about culture. It's not about skin. It's about sin. It's not about race. It's about grace. You got to get the message, honey. Get your eyes off the flesh. Get your eyes on the spirit. What matters is the word preached, anointed, appointed, and sent. It's not the crowd. It's the presence of God. So you say, now, okay, tomorrow we're going to go down. Now, Peter had to travel. 36 miles. It's never too far to travel to get the truth. Distance is irrelevant when he comes on the truth. Have you ever stopped and think how far he came to bring you the message from heaven to earth? You know how far that is? It's a long way that he came to source the way. And no weakness can say it's too far to go to teach. Or I'm too busy to get involved in evangelism. Or I, I'm too slow to speak to somebody. God said, I'll talk to you when it's done. But God said, no, I want to test the sincerity of Peter. You said the promise is for everybody else. And those are far off. Now it's time for the far off evangelism. Peter, come on now. Here's Peter going down. Now Peter... Still don't trust what's going on. And he took five brethren with him because he knows he's stepping out on ice. And the people won't believe him in, in Israel when he told them what he's going to do. Now he didn't, didn't tell anybody where he's going. He just said, I'm going. I'll see you later. If he had told them that, they'd have probably stolen him. But he went there. Amen. 
knock on the door, Cornelius open, and what he faces a Roman soldier looking at him. With all his armor and his, you know, all his regalia. Amen. That's not what Peter's used to. When you see those guys, you're in trial. When you see those guys, you're in jail. But this time, Cornelius' faith and put on trial this time. Amen. And Peter said, why do you call me? That's a dumb question. Why, what do you mean, why do you call me? you got the keys, don't you? Oh. Now, Cornelius doesn't know he has the key. I want to tell you, folks, if people knew that this church was the gate to heaven, they'd pack it out. This church is like Jacob at the stone. He said, my God, this is the gate to heaven, Bethel, and I knew it not. I'm telling you, if they knew the, what you knew, they'd mob you too. But the devil knows you. He knows what you have. Let me tell you something about yourself right now. If you could take a trip to the moon and look down on earth, it would be total black darkness. And all you would see is some lights shining. And those lights are us. This world is in darkness. But we are the stars in his hands. Sad that sometimes some stars going out. But there's some stars coming on. And I feel tonight a star can come on. It's time for a star to come on. There's no room for a star to go out. But a star to go on. And Peter began to preach. Read for yourself. And Peter began to tell Cornelius what he preached on their Pentecost. You're never too late to hear what was preached. And Peter went through the whole thing. And just to force Peter's hand. And the father came with him, the Jews, in this Gentile house. The Holy Ghost fell on them. Now I long to see the day. When altar call in this church is a thing of the past. I would like to go back to 1980 and 81. While I was preaching, people fell out to the pews. Ah, people started talking in tongues, in prayer meeting. People began to respond. We weren't having cheerleaders. There was no room for cheerleaders. It was just for worshipers. Oh my God, will you take us back? To the days of Pentecostalism and take away from us conservatism. While Peter was preaching, the Bible says, the Holy Ghost, not Holy Spirit, Holy Ghost. But it's a ghost. But it's a ghost. Amen. In my Bible says ghost. The Holy Ghost fell on them. And they began to speak with other tongues as the spirit gave utterance and Peter and the rest were astonished in other words somebody tonight could have an astonishing experience and by the way you're in trial not God God the Holy Ghost is given to them who obey God so the difference between you and receiving is obedience Whatever you got to obey tonight, do it. And receive your baptism of the Holy Ghost. Shut Peter did not have to give an altar call. When the Gentiles heard the word, they believe and they receive and they conceive the Holy Ghost. Now, here's the key. 
The Jews are shocked. Wow. They got the Holy Ghost too. As well as we. For we heard them speak with other tongues. As the Spirit gave utterance. That means they spake of the Spirit of speaking. They were not trained to talk in those tongues. They didn't even know those tongues were available. They didn't have no language class. They didn't have a 10 lesson before they believed. They didn't have a 10 lesson Bible study before they commit themselves. It was commit now or never. It's here or out forever. But here is your chance. Here is your opportunity. If you are sincere, then this is your night. Woo! I remember way back in the first building we had in McMurray here. The church was not praying that they should. And there weren't many of us either. But they just weren't praying like we taught them how to pray. So I got pretty Pentecostal angry and got up and started chastising the church. While I'm saying that, I said, Do you know that people around town right now, some are counting beads and chanting words, repetitious words. Here you are, have a revelation about who God is. And you should be praying in a sister of prayer. You should be praying with supplication and thanksgiving. And here you are just falling asleep on me. Like you to cuss about to fall and break your neck. And church, while I'm talking that, there's this girl from this huge, amen, Roman church, right in our church that Sunday morning, talking in tongues for the first time. Without me laying a hands on her. While I'm talking, God poured out the Holy Ghost. And she began speaking with other tongues. And the Spirit gave utterance and tears running down her eyes. It was green tears and yellow tears and red tears, all different kinds of tears, because she was well dolled up. I want to tell you, church, it was a trial. Where are the sincere hearts? God pouring out the Holy Ghost because he knows the heart. Your sincere is on trial. They were astonished. They got the Holy Ghost like we did. Thank God. God's not, amen, uh, biased. Hello. And by the way, I'm going warn you too. Cornelius wasn't speaking in tongues to convert Peter. Like the charismatic culture. That you're talking tongues to reach the world. Don't try and tell me that, that Cornelius was trying to reach Peter. Peter's trying to reach Cornelius. Peter wasn't talking in tongues, it was Cornelius talking in tongues. Hello? And Cornelius didn't talk in tongues until Peter started preaching to him about it. When he mentioned the remission of sins, Holy Ghost fell. God confirming the word with signs following. Hallelujah. And God gave Cornelius, that man who's always given gifts to other people. God says, Your turn to receive a gift from God. And God said, Here's the gift. If you want it, you can have it. If you're hungry and thirsting after righteousness, you can receive it. The gift is yours. If you want it tonight. It's the right time. C 
Cornelius is always giving things away. And God said, tonight I want to give you something that you didn't even dream of. Hallelujah. And the church is what really stand out to me more than anything else. Peter challenged the crowd in verse 47. He's got astonished Jews. Hello? Hello? And spirit-filled Gentiles confronting each other in the same house. Hallelujah. And Peter, not talking in tongues, said, Can any man forbid water? Can you hear me tonight? I want to tell you, you can't go to heaven. You can't give you way to go to heaven. But you can baptize and get into heaven. Can any man forbid water that we should not baptize you? In other words, baptism is not an option. It is a duty and a Christian imperative. It is a must if you are going to keep that gift. Because the Spirit is going to lead you into all truth. Not some Bible scholar with Arminius, but the Spirit is going to touch your heart. And if you obey the Spirit, then you have to be baptized and fulfill all righteousness. Because, he said, you have received the Holy Ghost as well as we. And the only way you can know you receive the Holy Ghost is not because you feel good or you smell good or you think you're good, but because they heard them speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave utterance. And he commanded them to be baptized in water in the name of the Lord. It's not choose what name you want. It's not sprinkle if you want. Now, if Cornelius had gone to the church of his choice, he would never have the right messenger. He would never have the right message. He would not know the steps to take to enter into the kingdom of God. What Cornelius was receiving, it was being born of the water and being born of the Spirit. Born of the water is water baptism in Jesus' name. Born of the Spirit is to be filled with the Holy Ghost, evidenced by speaking with other tongues. And except that's true in your life, you cannot enter. And if you don't open your mouth and speak, God can't fill your mouth. You've got to open it up, and he'll do his part. Your part is to submit, and his part is to remit. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody. And it says, they prayed him to tarry. When you get a revelation, you won't fit nowhere else. Hallelujah. I said, when you get the truth, all church is not the same. All road don't lead to heaven. 
All Jesus is not the right Jesus. All gospel is not the true gospel. All foundation is not the same. When you get the truth, you can't tolerate the counterfeit. You can't hang around it. All you want is the genuine Holy Ghost wine. Praise God. Wayne Huntley was telling us about a dream he had. What I was praying for. In this dream, they showed him another wife and said, There's your wife. He said, No, I don't want her. I said, No, that's I said, I don't want her. I don't even love her. That's not my wife. He said, That's your wife? No, that's not my wife. My wife is, what do you call her again? The name you call her. Slip my mind right now. We call her Patsy. That's not Patsy. But that's your wife. I'm giving it to your new. I don't want a new wife. He said, No, God, why are you doing this to me? He said, Neither will I give you another God. <laughs> I won't give you another false God. Because I don't, amen, I just love you, and you love me, and you won't chain me for another God. Let's praise the Lord right now. Now, if that's true, everybody in McMurray is not sincere who said they're a Christian. How can God have one Lord, one faith, one baptism? And yet our city has many practices. Cornelius had to have the same experience in Acts chapter 2. This church is an Acts chapter 2 church. It doesn't matter what the crowd is like. Hallelujah. This is that. Which was spoken by the prophet Joel and by the apostles and by the prophet that there is no other name given among men whereby we must be saved. And you can't enter in for by one spirit are we all baptized into one body. And there is salvation. In no other name. It doesn't matter what the crowd says. Hey, get the right Peter. Get the right message. Get the right baptism. Get the right Holy Ghost. Get the right Bible. Get the right Jesus. Get the right gospel. Get the right word. Otherwise, your sincerity is a fraud. Now you're forcing me to stop. Shakamahaya. 32 miles God brought these two together. Peter had the key. Hello. I'm going to ask you for a close tonight. How sincere was Samaria? Church, I don't know about you. I hope you've been here long enough. If I'm never here, you can spot a Simon. The saucer, 
from Simon the Peter. I hope you can tell the difference. Simon the saucer might be celebrated as the mighty man of God, but he's full of witchcraft. He's a warlock. He's false. I hope you know what a fisherman looks like, smells like, come on now, walk like, talk like, look like. Come on, church. When Philip went down to Samaria, Samaria was on trial. Acts chapter 8. They had to choose between the ministry of Simon the saucer and Simon Peter who came and laid hands for the Holy Ghost. You can't just sit under some false prophet giving you a false doctrine and tell me you're keeping a soul alive. Honey, you're deceived. You're not keeping the soul alive. You're being poisoned and don't even know it. You're in the wrong place. You ought to cry. Isn't there a word from God? That's what people think Simon the Sorcerer was some kind of mighty man of God. He was to them until Peter and Philip came. I want to ask you a question. How sincere and closing, how sincere was the house of Ephesus? Acts 19. Go there. I want to ask you a question tonight. If you're sincere, don't tell me about your grandmother. I don't need to know your grandma and your grandma don't need to know me. We live in two different eras. And God will judge you by the time you lived in. Right now, thank God, grandma and grandpa don't count right now because they're under the sod. Hello? So is mine. So they're irrelevant. What's relevant tonight is the living. Don't look for the living among the dead. Come on, someone. I didn't come to preach to the dead. I come to preach to the living. So I got no sermon for the dead. Hello? And so I can't talk to you about the dead, whether they're saved or not. That's not my prerogative. But my prerogative, are you saved? Are you saved? The Bible way. Now, folks, if you read your Bible, Isaiah 40 was fulfilled in the life of John. Mark chapter 1 said John fulfilled Isaiah 40. The one cried the one that was John. And John came to prepare the way for Jesus. Isn't that right? Isn't that right? What did John preach? I baptize you with water, but he coming back to the Holy Ghost and fire. Hello? Holy Ghost and fire. Hello? And that's what John taught. Now, church, 18 years later, John have some people saying, I'm John the disciple. I mean, we're the first Baptists in Pentecost. Because John the Baptist is the Baptist, right? I mean, baptismal, Baptist. So here I'm, I'm, a, I'm a Baptist. And Paul said, just a minute. If you, if you meet a real, bona fide, born again, genuine, the saved, God, wheat seed saint, the first thing that I ask a church is, how were you baptized? How many gods are there? 
because if you don't get that right, we ain't coming. We're not hanging around. We won't sit on your pew. We won't drink your brew. And we won't regard you either. And we don't care how many crowd you got. You just don't have it. God said, don't bid them Godspeed, nor receive in your house. Amen. I'm telling you, church, I don't know about you, but the first thing I want to know, you're saved? Okay. Who's Jesus Christ? I want to know. If he's second in your doctrine, he's not, you're not my God. No way. My God is not second person. He's Alpha. He's the Omega. I'm not making him as what he is. He's Alpha. He's the Omega. He's the beginning. He's the end. If that's not so, you're in the wrong church. Hallelujah. Jesus ain't a God. He's the God. Now, folks, don't you think Paul knew the answer? How many think Paul knew the answer? Paul says, hey, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believe? You said you're John the disciple. How can you say you're a Pentecostal but we don't talk in tongues? Were you, are you still birth? Are you mute? you got to be. Because they all speak. All speak. Even Mary the mother of Jesus speak. Even Paul did. He said, who are you that don't speak in tongues? Why don't you speak in tongues? Who cut your tongue out? <laughs> Hello? Now, folks, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believe? Well, the church don't care, they won't ask you, my friend, if you were there. But when the church does care, they want to watch your birth. Because if you can't prove your birth in the record, you will be, as days of Ezra, counted as unclean. If your name is not found in the book of life, that means there's no record of your birth. And it's not done in Salt Lake City. It's on high. It's God that keep the record of your birth. God record that this man and that woman were born again in my church, in my spirit, in my blood, in my name, and God write their name on there. Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believe? So we haven't even heard of the Holy Ghost. What kind of church have you been going to? I mean, they can preach sermons and sermons and never preach the Word of God. Eloquent talkers. Faint speeches. Hello? So well, what, what, what have you received? In Acts 19, have you received the Holy Ghost? We do emphasize you got to have them. You must have the evidence. Forget about what the scholar says. Hear what Christ says. You need it. These signs shall follow them. That believe in my name, they shall speak with new tongues. God says that. Now, and so the Bible says, they said we've never heard before. Now somebody changed the message. Who changed the message? I want to ask church attendees, ask their pastors, who changed the message? How come you and the apostles have a different experience? Hello? God said he changed it enough. You're trying to tell me God changed over the years because you arrived? Just for you, God changed? You're wrong. 
maybe you are not sincere because the Holy Ghost is given to them that are sincere. Obey Him. You say, well, I've been obeying God. Well, you talk to God about it. Don't talk to me. Convince Him. Because He knows why and when to pour it out. But here's where the sincerity stops, folks. When Paul declared to them the truth of water baptism, what did they do? Acts 19.5. What did they do, church? When they heard this. Now, I'm Pastor Neil. You guys want to look me up. I'm Pastor Neil. Better yet, Trevor Barrington Neil. That's me. Look me up. Fine. Church, I can tell I'm going to be a member of this church in Oman Road. When they argue against the Godhead, I know they'll never serve God unless God opened their eyes. Can no man know who the Son is but the Father? And no one know who the Father is but the and him to whom he reveals him. I cannot debate you enough to make you believe one God. That one God is Jesus. Now you guys try it, but you won't succeed. You're wasting your effort. I'm telling you right now, you're wasting your time. I'll rather pray, Lord, grant me revelation than me try to give them my education. Because my education will bring dedication. It brings more problems, strife, than blessings. And number two, if they tell me, I'd rather listen to the apostles more than Jesus. I said, you quack. You know who wrote the Bible? Not Jesus. He never wrote one page in this book. Not even one page. Can you believe that? He never wrote one chapter. Those 12 wrote what he said. And we're going to believe on him. Not through your preacher. Not through me. Not through some pope or vicar. But through their word. The apostles word. You're going to obey the apostles teaching. Do you know what I'm saying to you? And if it's not the apostles teaching. It's the apostate teaching you got. Understand that? Hallelujah. Let me tell you, church. I'm not concerned about you living. I'm concerned about you when you're dead. That's when you know if you're in the wrong church or not. It's too late. Because you can't cross over to the Jordan. Even with some other name. And he said, now, you need to get baptized in water by immersion in the name of Jesus Christ. And they fight that. Well, how do you want to be baptized? Sprinkle, please. Spring, please. Hose me down, please. <laughs> it won't name any name but Jesus Christ's name. Preferably, Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. Or name of the Trinity. I said, this guy is not going to be one of his. And they were telling me, oh, Pastor. Tongue cease. Tongue pass away. But I, I got the gift of laughter. <laughs> well, my church could do some of that. <laughs> All the gifts but laughter. <laughs> Our folks are the story faces. But that gift hasn't arrived here yet.
We're a happy people. Yes, we are. Being baptized in Jesus' name. Spoke him through with the Holy Ghost. We're happy. That don't happen to me. That don't look. That turned me off. You misrepresent the truth. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody. When they won't baptize in Jesus' name, and the tongue don't need the Holy Ghost, and it says, tongue is not for us today, I said, where does it say that? Well, you know, when I got the Holy Ghost, I didn't speak in tongues. Well, you're not the standard. When I, when I had a dream, I was in heaven, I saw a six-foot Jesus. That's how big your God is. Mine's bigger than that. Let's stand. And church, they will dress you down to when you're done. All you have is a apostate religion than the apostles' faith. But tonight, the Ephesians were sincere when they heard this. When they heard it, when they heard it, they quickly said, like Mary, beat unto me, Lord, according to thy word. Now, church, we love people. I'm telling you, we love everybody. We love everybody but the devil. Hallelujah. Amen. And I don't love the devil's sister either. <laughs> Praise God. But, church, you cannot make somebody believe above and beyond their sincerity. The rich young ruler. Church is shocking. He came to Jesus. He knelt down. I mean, it looked pretty impressive. I mean, here's this guy running. You think for sure I'm going to be an apostle for Jesus. Long before many got called to the apostleship. He was invited. He was. Good master. Awesome rendering. Good master. Good master. What must I do to have eternal life? I mean, this guy is something sincere, doesn't he? Let me tell you guys, I've been pastor since 1980, and I have some saints said to me, Pastor, if you ever see me going wrong and doing anything wrong, please come and tell me. You just heard a lie told to a pastor. I was so foolhardy, I, I fell for it. And everyone I, I took to task left the church. Without fail, everyone backslide on me. When I took up on that subject. So I learned, when they tell me that, I said, all right. You know me, and I don't mean either. We're both lying to each other. And two lies make one devil. Hello. <laughs> I won't tell you what you want to hear. And you know what I mean? When you said I should tell you what you should hear. Church, the devil do not want you to be born again. Heaven is for born again believers. And Pastor Neil or this church cannot define what it is. We've got to read what God says it should be. And then we saw the Ephesians. Really being, they submitted to baptism in Jesus' name. Read it. And when Paul laid hands on them, the Holy Ghost came. And they spake with. What more proof do you want? 
Uh, do I say go pray for tongues? No. When I go buy a car, do I say, sir, we accept this car. Make sure there's four tires on it, please. That's kind of silly, isn't it? Or make sure you got a steering wheel, please. Or give me some gear stick and make sure R mean race. Not reverse. <laughs> Who is God talking to tonight? Some of you are being persecuted for this faith. They criticize the way you dress, the way you believe. Please remind the world, I am not doing this for you. I'm doing this for Him. I'm called by Him. Amen. The Ephesian sincerity was shown by their, by their action to direction. The young ruler, when the Lord told him what he needed, he turned his back on it. But please put it on the board, please. Hello, on the board. Please, 1 John 5, 20, 21. Look, church, he said he wanted eternal life. Let me ask you this in closing question here. Where was he when he asked the question? 1 John 5, 20, 21, please. All right? Look at this. It says, this is the true God and what? Who's eternal life? Who is eternal life? What was he asking for? What was standing right there? He said, what must I do to have eternal life? Who was eternal life? Come on, church. Who was? You were still answering me. Who was? Jesus. Jesus. What's Jesus. 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 Oh, that sounds more like McDonald's. Oh. <laughs> he was right there. Brother Beaton, you know, in Monroe, they were mad at us. You know why they were mad at us? Come over and see. The devil said, This is my territory. Mm -hmm. This is my territory. And I hear what you're doing, and I know what you're doing. And I'm mad. I'm angry. You think the devil don't know us? They call it Jesus only. Let me tell you, friend. Who else do you want to have with them in bed? Hello? You want Jesus only. On the transfiguration, when it was all over, they saw Jesus. So we didn't make it up. It's in the Bible. Don't you apologize. Well, I'm not a Jesus only. Who are you? Mm -hmm. Jesus Trinity? Jesus mm -hmm. four? Jesus five? There are many Pentecostals so-called in this city. Don't you follow them? They're not fully converted. But when you're fully converted, friend, you can't taste nothing but the genuine. Let's worship God. Are you in the church? Are you in the Savior's bride? Come and be baptized to his body and forevermore abide. Are you in the church triumphant? Are you in the Savior's bride? Come and be baptized to his 
party and for 